listening to the Cock and Bull Podcast. This is a weekly comedy history podcast where my older brother and I discuss unbelievable stories with shockingly true characters. Nathan, we whoopsied it. We really, we really messed up no. this time. We really didn't, honestly. I mean, in our defense, you went halfway across the goddamn world uh, and like hung out with I, I, I don't know, sheep and geysers based on your pictures. Also, a penis that was museum. It. We'll get to that later. Oh yeah, a lot of dicks and. I, I went to uh, the devil's asshole, uh, where it is 115 goddamn degrees for no fucking reason. Uh, and in between the two of those times, we didn't calculate enough episodes in the tank. So, yeah, I'm sorry. We're bad mm -hmm. at planning. If you don't know this about us by now, what the fuck are you still doing here? I'm sorry. <laughs> Deal with it. Yeah, it's kind of part of our brand. Uh, Nathan, it do really we, do is. We, do we like compete to see whose trip we talk about this episode, or do we just maybe I get? This, oh no! One of us gets this it's one, all, and the other here. one gets the other. Here's the fun. Here, here's the cliff notes on my trip. Las Vegas is awful. Never go there. It's hot. It's so hot. Fuck it. Tell me about Iceland. Well, uh, I had to shower uh, with a, a large European man, uh, but oh. it was uh, it was all right because I I wa I was in line. And I, I was next up for the shower. I pull back the curtain. Not only is there a nude European man getting ready to enter this shower that's really two shower heads, but no wall in between them. So it's basically mm. just just two showers in one stall. And mm. uh, and and it was all right. I had no I had no other option but to enter because the man in not clearly not his first language just said, It's okay. So I was like, <laughs> Well, you know what? I guess he's right. <laughs> I mean, I guess you're, you're not right, murdered. Guy. I guess it's all right. You're not murdered. Oh my god, yes. Uh, and, the, and then the water uh, was ice cold. It was freezing because I was on the side of what? Iceland that doesn't have hot water. I mean, it was. I it is Iceland. I mean, that that, that seems to be on brand for them. Well, they're very, they're very like uh, geo. This is not going to be funny. They're very uh, green as a country. They they like all of their energy is very renewable. Minus the well, part yeah, where all like, the cars run like on diesel. Isn't like half the country on a giant geothermal geyser? Like, I exactly. feel like you use what you got. Exactly. So if you're near one of those geothermal vents, bam, there's your hot water. You barely have to pay for it. The catch is that it does smell like sulfur if you get the geothermal water. So I did smell like uh, cold sulfur water for a lot of the trip. Anyway, a lot I... of sheep. Real pretty. That's about those it. are our tales. Welcome back, guys. Welcome. I now saw I'm... the Backstreet Boys. They're as sad as you imagine. <laughs> That answers every question I had. Nathan, on July 1st, uh -huh. 1818, Ignaz uh -oh. Philip Semmelweis was born in Buda, in the kingdom of Hungary, today known as Budapest. Uh, well, no, hold on. Was was he born in Buda or was he born in Pest? They were two separate entities. That's true. He was born in Pest. Well, he was born in Pest. Uh, okay. I was about to say, because Budapest is, is literally just two big, two cities that they merged together at some point. So, early 1800s, we got our guy Ignaz Semmelweis. I know I fucked it up. I know I did. You don't have to tell I, I, me. I've, you've said it twice, and both times I know they're wrong, but they're wrong differently, and I don't know how. <laughs> uh, I, and by the way, just to make sure we're on the same page, I hear his name as Ignaz Semmelweis. So, that's what I'm imagining. <laughs> uh, by the way, buckle up. This one's going to be horrible. He was the middle child oh, of ten. I just want to really put your expectations where they should be. He was, he was the what? You said the middle child? There is no middle child of ten. There's yeah. no. Middle yeah. is... There's a middle of three. There's a... There's that a... <laughs> there's a small softball team in the middle of ten. So so he was four, five, or six, somewhere around... I don't know. Uh, <laughs> he was the median of ten, maybe, yes. but I don't... <laughs> 
to a prosperous family of grocers. <laughs> okay. I mean, you have to be prosperous to keep 10 people alive in the 1800s, that's for sure. So he was like he was like a Deerberg's kid or a Schnook's kid. I think those are exclusively Missouri things, so I retract my I comment. I think Deerberg's is definitely exclusively Missouri. Uh, that is some local local flavor for you. Uh, Deerberg's is probably the closest one to being on brand because it's German and that's close to Hungary, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Bringing it up. All right, we, we did it then. We stuck the landing. Educated at the universities of Pest and Vienna. Semmelweis okay. received his doctor's degree from Vienna in 1844 and was appointed an assistantship at the obstetric clinic, which is basically gynecology and pregnancy in Vienna. In okay, so 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 strap on. <laughs> We're on 1850s gynecology. Correct. Now, if there's one thing I know about uh, women's health and rights in the 1850s, it's that it didn't fucking exist. So mm. please, please tell me, please tell me about the man who's going to finger bang his way to some weird hysteria cure. Semmelweis spent a lot of his time trying and failing to treat something called purple fever. Puerple? Something like that. We'll call it, we'll call it, listen, I know I said it wrong, I bet, uh, but we can admit it. I'm going to need you to spell this one. P-U-E-R-P-E-R-A-L. Puerperal. But we can, we can put, we we can put all that to bed by just calling it childbed fever, which is what it was usually called. Oh, okay. Because I was hearing purple fever, and I was imagining, like, an angry <laughs> <Prince>. grimace. <laughs> Just, no, no, yeah, Prince would have been way better. Prince would have been way better, but no, no, grimace <laughs> was the one that was haunting my nightmares. Just an angry, sick grimace. Childbed fever was this nasty, massive issue for the entire medical world, where a woman would get an infection following childbirth or an abortion, and the fever would hit real hard, and, like, 90% of the time, women would die. Not good. Fuck. Yeah. No, very not good. A lot of lives were and, and resources were wasted. This is why a lot of mothers died in childbirth. So, what, okay. was, what was causing that, though? You know, that's the question. That's a very good question. We should get to the bottom of it. Semmelweis started experimenting with the idea of antisepsis. A pre-procedure... Okay. Before tackling a surgery. Antisepsis, though, that, that's a mouthful. So let's just call it what it was. He started washing his hands. Okay. All right. And I hear antiseptic, and I know that that's supposed to be, I put that, that's what you want. That's like Listerine. And Listerine is, I mean, if you, yeah, in the 1850s, anyone that's <laughs> doing anything other than rolling around in shit before they go into surgery is basically a leg up, in my opinion. Yeah, exactly. The year is 1860. The large part of the medical community was just raw dogging these surgeries with dirty, mm. dirty hands. Like, mm. good. Same society that also didn't brush their teeth or properly bathe. Um, so mm. he he published in 1861 a paper called "The Etiology, Concept, Prophylaxis of Childbed Fever," which explained his experiments and results which specifically drew a connection between the higher rates of infection for students who were going straight from the dissection room to the delivery room. Oh, come on! Why? Why those two of all two? Just kick Just, open the Why? Kick open the door. Yes, these were in a dead man. All right, let's get that baby. Oh, my God. Unless there was a feces room, there is no <laughs> other worse room that you could have been in prior to the baby room. 
Like, I had a child in the NICU. That place is beyond sterile. You basically have to get, like, blasted with a furnace before you're allowed to walk in there. And if you don't wash your hands up to your armpits, they look at you like you're filth. Uh, why? <laughs> Meanwhile, why is this a thing? Ju just everyone's elbow deep from the pee-pee-poo-poo -poo room just going to get your kid out. Oh my god. So Semmel Weez's instructions of wash your hands, dipshits, dropped mortality <laughs> rates in that hospital from 18% to 1%. Oh my god, it shouldn't be this easy! From March to August of 1848, nobody in the childbirth division died of childbed fever. That is a remarkable success all because you washed your a mad god imagine when inventing shit and like medical breakthroughs <laughs> were as simple as hey moron <laughs> clean the shit off before you shove your hand in someone but people weren't convinced of course they weren't because this was a happy story and i was happy for the first time i knew it couldn't last tell me why it's wrong in fact Nobody was convinced apart from his students. See, this contradicted the most popular ideas behind childbed fever. And do you know what the most popular one was? Please, please tell me there's a demon involved or the devil no, or, it's, or hysteria. Well, it's the, it's the good buddy, the humors. <sighs> I, I hate everything. I hate everything and everyone. Specifically, it was an imbalance they thought of the four humors of the body, which are as follows. Yeah. Blood. Phlegm. Yellow bile, black bile, and phlegm. I hate those four humors because if I know anything about my body, I want to have exactly one of those fucking things. If I am aware yeah, yeah. of my bile. Because no one has ever seen yellow bile, black bile, fuck you. No. No. Like, no. Where do those exist? I just... Like, I get that you need something to, to explain it, but dear God, people, it can't, like, your your body's out of, like, you don't have enough fluid. Like, I, I get it. Like, we're trying to fix chemical imbalances in the brain with pills, and that may sound crazy in 50 years or whatever, but God damn it. It's just, it's just he wild. Had it. He, he cut it from 18% to 1% by washing his hands, and you're like, nah, nah, she ain't got enough snot. <laughs> can't be that. Where's all her blood? Can't be get that. Get that blood out. Get the, she's got too much blood, not enough bile. We've already murdered George Washington by bleeding him at this point. <laughs> Have we not learned anything? We, yep, no, nothing. We've learned nothing. Especially because we're still using the humors, which were from Greece. That was from, like, yeah. 2,000 years ago. All right. That is the equivalent. So, like, but seriously, this is important. Like, for context... That's not that different from us using things from ancient Greece as, like, our medical bile. The, 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 the gap between us and the 1850s and the gap between the 1850s and Greece is terrifyingly large. So not only that, but when the victims of childbed fever would die, the autopsies would show numerous different physical symptoms. Because, I mean, listen, not, diseases aren't clean cut. Something that could confuse a stupid 19th century doctor. They basically thought that there couldn't be one symptom with one cause, but rather that childbed fever was far more complicated. It was the sum of many different things going wrong throughout the birthing process. Many things going wrong at the same time, every fucking time. <laughs> every time. Everything goes wrong randomly the same way every time. <laughs> Damn it. The same people so dumb. who think that evolution is stupid because, uh, what, random chance? All right. <laughs> 
Sam Louise was was worried based on this initial reception. You know. Well, yeah, he should be. Just based on word of mouth. Uh, but nevertheless, he knew that he had to try and get this idea out. But but he got it out. The problem is he's a very shy man. As all the smart ones usually are. And the he, assholes are super confident. And the smart pu- ones are like kind of <laughs> awkward about it. He published like a paper and he wouldn't talk about it really. He taught his students and his students and his sisters had to go out and start spreading this shit and write letters and tell people because he was, he was, he couldn't do it. He was afraid. Um, yeah, he's a nerd. We get it. We're not an outgoing people. But all the, podcasts. All the same, he, he, he tried to broaden the idea and he still kept working on it. He broadened it to not just washing your hands, but washing your tools as well. And when he did that, oh! The fever was gone. It was straight up gone. So, so wait a second. So there was a theory where it's like, okay, we should definitely, definitely keep our hands clean. That's a good idea. Now grab me that saw that I just chopped four other people's <laughs> dead limbs off with. I'm going to get up in there and get this baby. Like, I, <laughs> the leaps in logic, people. Come on, you can get there. I believe in you. His students sent off letters to nearby maternity wards. And and with this new idea spreading, it got the biggest steam when other doctors would receive the letters and report them in medical journals, because again, Semmelweese wouldn't do it himself. It was the first time such a simple yet revolutionary idea had been introduced to the medical community. The community, by the way, uh, reacted like absolute fucking morons. So first, lots of people wrote in response saying, yeah, fine, so it lowers childbed fever mortality, but but what about the other fatal operations? Why aren't you researching those? And 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 can I respond as Semmelweis? Yeah, yeah, sure. I'm only over here dealing with babies. You fuckers do it when you're doing the other stuff. Like, clearly, it's not just for childbirth. Do it all the time. Do it for broken bones. Do, do it for a tooth removal. Do it when you cook your dinner or fuck your wife. Just wash your fucking hands, you stupid, <laughs> filthy animals. Clean! It's just insane. Clean yourselves. Others thought that he wasn't. And and here's the problem. Here's the thing I'm trying to figure out. So, like, were these other hip, cool doctors that were, like, kicking sand in the nerd's eyes? Like, fuck you. I'm going to actively. This this feels like the original, like, I'm going to intentionally keep my hands dirty to own the libs. That's like, this is is people just burning plastic straws Mm -hmm. because I don't know, because they need to. It's the dude that drives a giant diesel pickup truck that intentionally blows clouds of coal. Like, it's that guy. So, I'm going to give myself sepsis to own the libs. Others thought that he wasn't even saying anything new and that he was just providing evidence to an incorrect theory that childbed fever was contagious. It, but it, it it wasn't really. It, it wasn't being passed from the dirty hands to the, the mother. It was an infection caused by dirty hands getting into... All right. Yeah. Semmelweis thought... When, I don't know if you've ever... I don't, I don't know if anyone here... You all have probably. Some of you have. If you've ever, like, been around childbirth, there's a lot of blood and open wounds involved in that process. And the more bacteria you introduce to that, the worse shit's going to go. So Semmelweis wasn't really publishing anything beyond his very, very first discovery. He never made any real press for himself. He just allowed the medical community to do it all for him. And he became even more afraid of speaking out vocally because not only he, not because he was a very shy person, but on top of that, he may or may not have participated in a radical revolution in Vienna around this time, the Austrian revolution. 
Uh, okay, all right. Yeah, he, That's an unknown one. That's not one that we've gotten to before. Yeah, he marched with doctors and students calling for radical things like freedom of expression. Um, those politics were kind of damning, apparently. Nobody's really sure he even participated in them. He would never say so. We only know that his brothers were arrested during the marches, and he only got more timid after that. So, following that, the political turmoil just made his wash-your-hands agenda even harder to spread and harder for people to get behind because everything was changing. Nobody wanted... I mean, when you're angry, who wants to, you know, pick up new hygiene habits? Really? Like, yeah, when you're, yeah, I mean, I mean, washing your hands is a real goddamn inconvenience I to know. my day to day life. It really is. Semmelweis's position at this particular hospital was coming to a close, also, uh, but the term was available for extension. In fact, his predecessors had all gotten extensions, so Semmelweis applied for one himself. Instead, though, a colleague ran against him, and since he was super shy, he lost. <laughs> oh my god. This oh man, this is this is literally the uh, the angsty tale of every nerd that knew better. <laughs> Desperate to carry on his teachings so, to new students, he applied for an instructional position where he could teach his new findings to doctors in training. The board at this particular hospital agreed, but on a new set of terms. They said first, uh, you can't actually get the position of docent at the hospital. Sorry, no, somebody's already got that. Instead. Um, you can have what we're calling theoretical docent, uh, which meant not only would he have to wait another several months before he could even start teaching, um, but he also couldn't teach with cadavers. Instead, when teaching students how to fight childbed fever, he would have to do so with mannequins filled with felt innards, like a J.C. Penney mm-hmm. surgeon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is a very, so so very much my first surgery doll. Yeah. The, uh-huh. the, like. This, oh my god, oh my god. Can you imagine oh my god. going Why? from the dude that discovered washing your hands cuts fevers down by 20% to, <laughs> yeah, you can teach people, but we're giving you a doll. You have to do it on the Show doll. Show me on the doll where the fever happens. With these new felt livers, children, I can put on a darling puppet show so I can teach you the miracles of modern medicine. Also, let me peel back this punch and Judy I've ever seen. Peel back this $20 denim jacket, which you can buy with back-to-school savings. Only at Old Navy. (laughs) Just crying all the while, every day, constantly. What? What what is... This is what I don't understand. Like, what possible reason would you have for not... Like, what... It's... Does washing your hands, what, like, what is the argument against it? Like, well, we gotta get into the surgery faster. It slowed us down by two seconds. Like, oh, what possible argument could you have for not at least being like, I'll see if it works? So Semmelweis left Vienna entirely and went back to Pest because he was that insulted. Uh, He didn't even say goodbye. Well, yeah, as well you should. Fuck Vienna. Didn't say goodbye to his friends or colleagues, which they found very offensive. Uh, Pest, however had just been mostly blown to shit during the Austrian Revolution, so he had that to look forward oh. to when he moved to his new home. On oh, on, on the yeah. 20th of May, 1851, living in a city of rubble, Semmelweis took the relatively insignificant, unpaid, honorary head physician position at the obstetric ward of Pest's small St. Rokus Hospital. And he held that position for six years, until June 1857-ish, somewhere. Well, actually, no, it would have been... Yeah, yeah, 1857, that's right. And childbed fever was rampant at the clinic. 
At a visit in 1850, just after returning to Pest, Semmelweis was introduced to one fresh corpse, another patient in severe agony, and four others who were seriously ill and dying. Uh, so he said, cool, things are going good here. After taking over in 1851, Semmelweis virtually eliminated the disease. Again, because he fucking figured it out. During 1851 yeah. to 1855, that's four years, only eight patients died from childbed fever. That's 933 births, and only eight of them died, compared to the previous rate where it was like one in five. Oh my god. Oh my god! It's and and I and I'm sure that he was heralded as a visionary, and and his methods were adopted, and we we cut the rate of this ridiculously easy to prevent disease down to nothing, right? No, in right? the face of a working solution, people still didn't get it. Germs were not a known thing. Microorganisms were not a thing. Semmelweis just knew he didn't even know that they were germs. He just knew that there was something on the hands that was causing sickness, but. Almost any doctor at this time was a doctor because they were rich. It was, and still is, a hard profession to get into. So can you see where this is going? For some Hungarian man to come along and tell you that you're dirty and you're getting dirty germs in people and killing them, they were furiously offended by that idea. I'm not dirty. I'm I mean, rich. Doctor Doctor Feel Doctor Feelgood has no time for washing his hands when he's going for the world record amputation. Exactly. So they would shoot back in droves. All these doctors would write public articles calling Ignaz Semmelweis a dirty moron who didn't know what he was talking about. I'm not kidding. There were several articles in things people could <laughs> read that openly ridiculed him. <laughs> For asking people to wash their goddamn yes. hands. And so our shy, clean doctor got really, really, really angry. And for years, I... for years, he's been he's been on the solution. He's had it figured out for so long. He figured out the solution to like 40% of the world's illness. And everyone is constantly calling him an asshole in public articles. Oh, this is how we're going to look back on climate change, and it's going to be delightful while we're roaming the wastelands <sighs> looking for the, the, the last remaining gallon of oil, but god damn it. So Sam always had a major nervous breakdown. He started, yeah! he start, yeah! started writing a lot of letters to anyone who wrote something about him, writing visceral personal attacks day in, day out, just writing constant letters, tearing them off, mailing them off, just writing off his literal shit list of dirty, dirty doctors, writing to every single colleague across Europe, calling them a dirty child murderer. Mm -hmm. And he, mm -hmm. he also couldn't hold conversations anymore. Every time he spoke to somebody the subject would get changed to childbed fever and he would get very loud and very angry uh, and people would not like to talk to him anymore. Then, then when nobody wanted to talk to him, he would just get sad and, and just kind of sit there and stare off into space for a while. Yep. 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 He's this, this is, uh, he is thinking up and he is thinking up imaginary arguments that he is winning in his head. Like every good nerd does. He stopped going to family events or he would just leave them if the family came to him. He would just retreat to his room and scream about childbed fever. Uh, his wife learned that he had started hanging out with prostitutes a lot. 
That's a weird, uh, that's a weird dis- uh, turn that we've taken now. Uh, <laughs> I, I feel like I was very on board with our friend, and, uh, and, and now I'm concerned. But simultaneously, his wife noted that their sexual behavior together began to change dramatically around this time. I, um, Spencer? Spencer? Yeah, uh-huh. Spencer? Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm gonna need you to tread very carefully here. I, listen, I can't say any more details because we don't know what that means. That's like a quote from... Okay, so what you're saying is she said the sex got different. Well, end of story. Nathan, it's the 1800s. If you write anything more about fucking, you're basically a terrorist. Okay, I mean, point taken, but still. So, yeah, he started fucking weird, <laughs> and and a, a friend uh, wrote a recommendation for him to go to an asylum in 1865, which, as we know about asylums back in this time, was basically murdering your friend. There, he, yeah, oh, yeah, no, he's done for. He's he's he is he is diagnosed schizophrenic and dead. He uh, was put into a straitjacket, was thrown into small cells, and. Uh, Despite already being in a straitjacket and in a small room, they still felt the need to beat him lifeless, and within two weeks, uh, yes, two weeks of being there, uh, he died of gangrenous internal injuries. Infection. He died of an infection. And if that is not the worst irony for this man's life... There... uh, uh, That... No. No. No, that's too on the nose. No, that's not even... That's... No. There is no universe in which that is not... Greeks would have called that like, Oh, no, that's 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 too heavy-handed. That's... No, no. Can't do, can't do that. Tone it down a little bit with the tragedy. What the fuck? Somebody was just shoving dirty poop hands in him, like, out of spite. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, they really were. They really were. The guards weren't washing their beating clubs before they went to beat him, and that's how he died. So, um, this has been the Cock and Bull Podcast, where we tell happy stories about good things that happened in history. Welcome back to Depression Corner! <laughs> We've had it too good for too long, Nathan. Hope you enjoyed, hope you enjoyed the Night Witches and that great bundle of joy. Welcome back to Sad Town. Yeah. So, you can catch us every Wednesday, um... Except for the days you can't because we're late. Uh, I'm about to go through a big move. I'm I'm moving off to another college town because my my uh, yay. My, well, no, let's not call this a college town. This is a town that has a college. Yeah, in. yeah. Uh, I've been talking about it a little bit, uh, week in and week out. Uh, I should get more specific. On August 31st, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and drop a a a new podcast. It is a narrative sci-fi comedy podcast. Uh, if there's going to be a season of it, starts August 31st, comes out every week. Uh, it's got an original soundtrack. It's uh, it's a long time in the making. Nathan and I have voices in it, among other friends of mine. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's it's going to be called Cooperative Effort, and the the feed for it might pop up a few days before the 31st, so you can go ahead and get subscribed to it. But yeah, uh, I'm not sure what more information there is to be said on it, but there will be more information next week. Uh, and yeah, I, I hope you guys, uh, uh, look forward to that. I'm looking forward to it. It's been a long time in the making. I'm finally, uh, excited to, to, to release it. You know what? Fuck you. You're not going to steal the podcast glory. Nah. I got a freaking fantasy football podcast that's coming out in a couple days. 
It's yeah. Now you're on the clock, Spencer. Mm, shit. Oh god, I got 48 hours. Start the start the Jack Bauer clock. 48 hours. Edit that thing. All right. Nathan's got a fantasy football I podcast. A podcast. I also have a fun podcast about reading Das Kapital. Nathan, what? Karl what? Marx, and that's coming out way farther in the future because that book is long as fuck. Oh, can we? Oh, I guess we'll have to save the fun title of that one for later then because it's great. Oh yeah, no, 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 no. The, the title is the best part of it. Trust me. Oh god, it's gonna be so good. All right. Well, you can ca- well, Nathan. What's what's the title of your fantasy football podcast? What what's that? The the title of our fantasy football podcast is tentatively just titled "Bad Fantasy Football." Oh, okay. Um, at, and it, it's with me. It's with me and uh, and my good buddy Alex Pagan, and that should be coming out theoretically. We should have that launched uh, here in the next forty eight hours, seventy two hours or so, uh, and that will also be on all of the things that this is on. And it should be going all season long for any of you that have a, the same weird overlap of podcast love and fantasy football love that I do. Uh, jump on. Jump on. It's going to be me screaming uh, mostly about how much I uh, I dislike uh, certain people. <laughs> uh, can't think of one that I dislike passionately right now. Uh, kind of stalling for time. No, no, I'm pretty happy right now with everybody. Pretty happy with everybody right now. Pretty, pretty good. Draft Alex Collins. He's going to be great. Everybody, wash your hands. Wash your goddamn hands. <laughs>